Acts 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. 
They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Today's devotional is written by Jacob Parton and read by Gail Race. Despite the presence of sin and the imperfection of the early church, the apostles continue to perform wonders and healings, causing many to follow Jesus. In reaction, the high priest imprisons the apostles, but the Lord miraculously frees them. Undeterred, they continue to speak about Jesus, even to the religious leaders themselves, despite persecution. The story of Ananias and Sapphira is the most controversial passage in Acts. It's also mysterious, as it generates questions without giving explicit answers. How did Ananias and Sapphira die? Did God kill them? If so, where's the opportunity for repentance? Or was Peter the executioner, wielding the miraculous God-given power of the Spirit? Alternatively, does the mere magnitude of their sin overwhelm or shock them to the point of death? Or is Satan behind this, having already filled Ananias' heart? The text simply doesn't say. 
What we can observe is that this is a specific situation at the unique starting moment of the early church. Ananias and Sapphira sell their field under an agreement to give all the proceeds to the apostles. They don't simply tell a lie, but they deceitfully withhold some of the promised money and then falsely tell Peter that they've given the full amount. They've actually broken an oath they've made, something which was clearly significant in a first-century Palestine, as Jesus had advised his followers against taking oaths at all. See Matthew 5, verse 34. This was quite likely because oaths often became a means through which we become entangled in falsehood and deception. Whilst the passage clearly highlights the seriousness of sin and the need for truthfulness as Christians, the overwhelming emphasis of the New Testament is on God's eagerness to forgive and reconcile. It would be a mistake, in my view, if this story generated a fear in us, a fear that punishment is waiting round the corner for our next lie or act of stubbornness in not fulfilling God's will. The Scriptures teach us that obedience to God should come from a place of friendship and love because a relationship cannot flourish if one party is harbouring mistrust or fear. As John reminds us in 1 John 4 verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Fear of God's punishment is an imperfection, John says, which needs to be eradicated by God's love. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Allow him to fill you with God's love that casts out fear. Spend a little while reflecting on whether your relationship with God is dictated more by fear or by love. Allow the Spirit to speak to you through this verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Ask the Lord to show you any areas where you have been untruthful, deceitful, or not following God as well as you could. Receive the overflow of his forgiveness and love afresh. Let's finish with prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are called friends of God, our Father, the creator of heaven and earth. May we experience more of your love today 
which is stronger than our fears, and may your Holy Spirit expel fear from inside of us. Thank <laughs> you.